Hello, 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 and welcome back to the McKenzie series. We are approaching the end of the very first installment of the McKenzie series, Skeletons in Her Closet. And I, I know I said this every time at the beginning and end of every episode, but it's been nine years since I've read this book. And you know, as I'm reading it, oh my God, I definitely need to re-release it with a new editor because I'm seeing some typos. But again, this book started out as something that I just was doing like as fun and like a oh, project wanted to do before my 30th birthday, never thinking that I would sell a single copy of it, but I did. And nine years later, finally doing something that, you know, a few people had said, oh, you should narrate it. You should read it. You know, I didn't want to do it in an audiobook format. So just kind of want to do it in this fun kind of conversational way and just enjoy it as a reader for once and not the writer. And oh my God, I am reading this book like I don't know what's about to happen. I'm reading this book with all the emotion that my readers have expressed to me that they felt as they read the book the very first time nine years ago. I am feeling all of that. I am definitely on the roller coaster. Definitely. And I can't wait to pick up on what's going to happen next. We are at wedding rehearsal day. Like, is there going to be a wedding rehearsal? Is Desiree crazy tail going to pop up? I mean, what's going to happen? Could this clearly be a case where Mackenzie goes through with the wedding and on wedding day when the pastor says, is there anyone who thinks these two should not be one or whatever those words like, oh my God, oh my God, that's all I can continue to, to say. So I'm not going to even hesitate any further. We are going to get comfortable. We are going to relax. And as always, we are going to enjoy the ride of what's about to come up next. So buckle up because we are about to, this this reading is really like a roller coaster. I feel like we are at the point where we are at the top, at the peak of the hill. And from here, it's just that fast drop that makes your stomach just do all sorts of flip. Because I feel like these next these remaining last chapters, I know that's worried all crazy. These remaining chapters are probably going to take us on just as much of a roller coaster ride as the beginning chapter. So buckle up and let's let's jump in. Wedding rehearsal. Mama Williams was still in a funk about the night before. When I got in, she quickly stated that she was not in any mood to go to the spa. She felt like Milton and I needed to use that time to hash things out before the rehearsal that was scheduled later that day. Milton had not given his mother any answers. He was stretched across the bed when I went upstairs with the same dumbest look on his face as he had when I left. His expression was blank. His eyes were glassy. You would have thought I would have felt guilty at that point for staying the night with Adair and in sharing a kiss with him. But surprisingly, I did not think twice about that. As I unpacked my overnight bag, Milton began to clarify things. He was finally ready to talk. According to him, he never had any intention of going to Desiree's house the night he left. 
it was just one of those things that sort of happened. He saw her at the gas station as he was preparing to hit the highway and she had their daughter with her. This was the first time he had seen his daughter in over six years, according to him. Apparently, he did not want to upset Jayla, so he agreed to follow them home and join them for dinner. But one question remained unanswered. How did just joining them for dinner turn into him staying there for an entire week? Mackenzie, I never told you about Jayla because I was never sh- never sure if she was 100% mine, he added as he tried to justify his actions. His tone was bland. It was not convincing to me at all. Milton, be honest with me. How long have you been dealing with this woman? This woman? Obviously, you have said or done something for her to be bold enough to call me two days before our wedding. Milton had nothing to say in response. The blank expression returned. I was done. Before I knew it, I had thrown the remote across the room. My tolerance for him and his silence had vanished. Here it is the day before our wedding, and I'm trying to get answers from you, and yet you gaze off with nothing to say? Are you fucking serious? I inquired. Mackenzie, you just don't understand, he said in his defense. How can you understand something when the person you talk, you're talking to isn't saying anything to bring clarity to the situation? I yelled. His ass is definitely tripping. I just glared at him when he made that comment. I was furious that he was acting so blasé about the entire situation. Men can have such double standards. My rage for Milton was interrupted by a phone call from Miss Brown. She was in a frenzy about my, about my missing the appointment at the spa. Miss Brown was in her zone and all about keeping to a tight schedule for the next 24 hours, but I was in no mood to deal with her demands. I still had too much to process. To calm her nerves, I reassured her that I would be at rehearsal on time. By, time, by the time I got off the phone, Milton was dressed and ready to head out the door. I was so perturbed with him that I did not even bother to stop him. I needed the time to digest the various things that were playing out in my mind. Patricia and Mama Wims were out doing some shopping, so I figured I would make use of the quiet time. I had four hours before my so-called wedding rehearsal. You would think that I would be excited. Instead, I was full of, I was full of fire towards Milton. As I weighed the different options in my mind, I called around to the reception hall, travel agency, and caterer just to see what I would be losing if I called off this wedding. According to everyone I called, I would forfeit everything since it was less than 24 hours notice. Damn, damn, damn. I knew that, but hearing it just fired something inside of me. As I was added, as I added the financial loss up in my head, I began to cry. I did not have that kind of money to just throw away. But yet in my heart, I still felt like I would be throwing it away if I went forth with the marriage. 
Hell, Milton had said he felt like I was a stranger when he found out about my past. I was starting to feel the same way about him. Things would be so much better if he would just talk to me. Instead, he is avoiding admitting that he screwed up and is going about everything like things are peaches and cream. In the midst of my thoughts, I received a call from Adair. Hearing his voice brighten my day for that brief moment we were on the phone, Adair was a calm oasis in the middle of all the madness that I was feeling. It was comforting speaking with him and trying to rationalize the various thoughts going on. Mackenzie, I wish there were something I could say or do to make this matter disappear. You are a very sweet person from what I know and clearly should not be faced with this sort of nonsense moments before you are set to walk down the aisle. All I can say is that you need to follow your heart and do what feels right to you. If your fiancé is not giving you the answers you need, then maybe you need to talk directly to this young woman and get to the bottom of things. I felt comfort in Adair's words. What he said made so much sense. I looked at the clock and saw that it would be another hour before Milton would be returning home. I decided that in order to confirm my final decisions, I needed to call Desiree as Adair had suggested. Anxiety set in while I waited for someone to pick up the other line. Finally, she answered almost as if she had been waiting for my call. She had no problem answering all the questions that Milton had avoided. Talking to Desiree confirmed my decision. We ended our conversation just as I heard Milton pulling up in the driveway. As he came inside, I could tell that he still had that same nonchalant attitude. It was mind-boggling that he was being so oblivious to the fact that there was a serious, a serious problem still unresolved. Baby, I just came from getting all the suits for tomorrow. I even picked you up some flowers, he boasted as he presented me with a floral arrangement. Milton, I really like how you're going about things if nothing has happened. You've been avoiding every question I have asked you. But yet, just a month ago, you treated me like I was scum of the earth. Yes, it, would, it, may, be the pet, it may be petty that I'm still on this topic, but it is what it is. The flowers and all are nice, but that does not erase the fact that you have a child that you never felt the need to mention to me. He sighed. Mackenzie, it is the day before our wedding. I am sorry you had to find out this way. But clearly, there is nothing that we can do about this. You just, need to di- you just need to digest it all. I'm sure once you accept that I have a child, everything will be just fine. He said, Are you fucking kidding me? This fool is talking to me like I have done something wrong. It's obvious my feelings are not important to him. It is obvious that we clearly have a double standard here. By the way, I saw Kelly while I was out and she asked me if she needed to be at rehearsal tonight, he continued. And what was your response? I inquired. I wanted him to see how pissed and irate I was at him. I told her, hell yeah, she needed to be there. We don't have money to be thrown away. There will, be, there will clearly be a wedding tomorrow, he went on. I chuckled on the inside as he spoke. I guess I had no say in the matter. He obviously has made the decision for me, the decision for us. Time was flying and another hour I had to be at the church for rehearsal. I was feeling very uneasy about going. If If I could see the tension between us, 
I was certain that others would also pick up on it during the rehearsal. I figured that before we even got to the church, I needed to call my mom and fill her in on all that had happened. There was a huge part of me that did not want to bring her in on it, but I knew that I had to. She would be the first to comment and question the tension between Milton and I. Before calling, I decided I needed to drink. A, I needed a drink to help me get through the conversation. I poured a glass of wine to ease my nerves, at, nerves as I dialed her number. Hey, baby, she greeted me full of cheer. Mom's excitement was what I should have been feeling. Instead, I was consumed with doubt. Hi, Mom. I wanted to call you before you headed over to the church for rehearsal. I took another sip of wine before I continued to fill her in on the things that had unfolded over the past day. Mom was at a loss for words. It was rare that my mom was speechless. We Johnson women usually always have something to say. This was the same reaction I was getting from everyone, though, once I shared with them all that had happened between Milton and I recently. Milton clearly did not seem like the type that would avoid the responsibility of fatherhood. This seemed to be the part that was throwing everyone for a loop. Baby, I'm so sorry you had to find out this way. This is no way to start out your life as a married woman. So what are you going to do? She asked. Mom, I have thought and prayed about the matter at hand. We continued to talk until we both realized that we needed to start getting ready to head over to the church. I could tell my mom was worried now that she was abreast of all that was going on. Milton poked his head through the doorway. Hey, babe, Trisha and mom are going to meet us at the church. Do you want to ride over together? This fucker was playing it too cool. The more he blew off addressing the topic, the more I cringed inside. I just prayed that I was making the right decision. I think I'm going to drive myself over to the church. That way, after rehearsal, I can go straight to the hotel for the night. I still had a very melancholy tone in my response to Milton. I started repacking my overnight bag as Milton continued to go on and on about the rehearsal. Occasionally, I would nod my head in agreement to whatever he was saying. Anything to get him out of my face and hurry him out of the house. Milton and I left at the same time to head over. As soon as I got in the car, Jay was ringing my phone. You really are going forward with this? I just knew you would have called it off by now. I, I trust your judgment and I support your decision and I will leave it at that. I'll see you in a few. Jay did not give me time to respond or explain anything to her before she just hung up and ended the call. The ride for me to the church was silent, still continuing, continuing to digest everything, still replaying every conversation in my head and the conversation with Desiree from earlier, reflecting back on Milton's reactions to the entire situation. I had to admit, I was handling this way better than I even expected. Apprehension took over as I pulled up in front of the church and noticed all the cars parked outside. I had thought that it that I was satisfied with the decision I made, but as I pulled into a parking spot, I began to doubt my decision to show up. I sat in the car for a moment to gather my thoughts before walking inside. I knew once I was inside, I would have to display my happy face. I saw Kelly pull up as I sat in the car. She walked over. 
Are you okay, mama? You know you do not have to go through with this, right? I have no problem breaking the news to that sorry-ass bass that you are about to have as a husband. She said, I assured her that I was fine and I will be in shortly. I had only known Adair for a short period of time, but he was the only one who was comforting me during this stressful time. I decided to give him a quick call to calm myself down before heading inside for the rehearsal. He answered the phone, astounded to hear from me. You would have thought he had been sitting there just waiting for my number to show up on his phone. We talked briefly as I told him what my final decision would be. I think that this is the... We talked briefly as I told him what my final decision would be. I think that is the best thing you have said all day, Mackenzie. Well, go ahead, get in there, and know that everything will be okay. I am only a phone call away if you need more of my comforting words, he assured me before we hung up. You are such a charmer. My mom told me to watch out for guys like you. I chuckled as I composed myself to enter the church. As soon as I walked in, Mama Williams greeted me with a big hug. Are you sure you want to do this? She asked as she held me close to her. I gave her a warm smile and told her that I had prayed on everything and was at ease with the decision I had made. Throughout rehearsal, Milton continued to go about things as though we were the perfect couple. Other than the handful of people who knew what was going on, everyone else was oblivious to the tension between us. I was doing a magnificent job of pretending. I had even convinced myself that everything was fine between Milton and I. My mom did not see a word the entire rehearsal. She just sat and observed everything that was taking place before her. Since it was taboo for the bride to actually participate in the rehearsal, I decided that I would help Miss Brown and the hostess set up the decorations. That would be one less thing that they would have to do in the morning. As Miss Brown wrapped that rehearsal, I took a seat on the back pew and just absorbed everything. The church was looking really fabulous with the floor arrangements finally in place. The wedding party did one final run through of the processional and everyone was on point. Just as I was basking in the moment, my mom sat beside me and placed her hand firmly on my shoulder. I am so proud of you, Mackenzie, for displaying such a strong exterior about this situation. I'm very disappointed in Milton right now. I can't even look him in the eye. But for your sake, I am trying to remain cordial. I know that you have prayed on, the de- on this decision, and no matter what, I will support you. However, you do, not, you do know that you do not have to go through with this, and I will not be the first bit upset with you, she asked. Just as I had done earlier with Mama Wims, I did not respond. Instead, I gave my mom a warm smile. I knew that no matter what, she would support my decision, but hearing her say it was that added affirmation I needed. Once rehearsal was over, I immediately darted out of the church. Jay and Kelly both flagged me down as I was about to pull out of the lot. Girl, you are too damn calm for me. I swear, you are a better woman than I would ever be if the shoe was on the other foot, Kelly acknowledged. Jay nodded in agreement. Ladies, it is fine. Trust me. I have prayed on the situation and even being here at rehearsal, I am at peace with my final decision. 
I just need to know that as my two closest friends, you will trust my conclusion and support my ultimate decision. I could tell by the looks on both their faces they were not in full support of my two-minute campaign, but because they were my girls, they nodded for the sake of not getting me upset. Other than Adair, I had not really told anyone what I was going to do. I did not feel I needed to share it with everyone. They would only make matters worse. I just needed everyone to trust me and support me. I drove straight to the hotel. I had decided that I would spend the night alone instead of with the girls. I did not want to spend the night constantly being reminded of the pain Milton had caused me and how just months ago he had shamed me for my own hidden secrets. I knew that in order for me to move on with my life and beyond this situation, I would need some quiet time for myself. I was stunned when I entered the room. Miss Brown and the girls had really outdone themselves. On the bed was a fabulous pink robe that had the letter M monogrammed over the right breast. I even had matching slippers. Also in the room was a basket filled with all of my favorite snacks. Two bottles of Chardonnay and a lovely flower arrangement. When I went into the bathroom, I sighed in contentment as I spied another gift basket filled with my favorite scented bath essentials. As I ran myself a hot bubble bath, I sent a quick text to Jay and Kelly, thanking them for all the goodies they had placed in the room for me. As I relaxed in the bubble bath, I listened to the CD that the girls had given to Milton and I the night we rode over to our pre-wedding party at the bubble bar. I felt my eyes well up as I thought back to all the happy times we shared. I was truly moved. At the, time, at the same time as I began to think about the past month and all that had taken place, I started to cry hysterically. Just a month ago, I was fighting to have my man back and to clear up my name and the image he had of me after reading about my past. During the past few days, I have fought my emotions to overcome the news that not only was my man with another female the week he was supposedly with his mother, but he was also a father. To add insult to injury with his, was his attitude about all of this. As I continued to think of how Milton was downplaying the situation, I cried even more. I deserve so much more than this. While I continued to weep, Adair called my phone. I did not want him to worry about me, so I tried to quickly compose myself. I was done pretending for one day because I was not able to pull it off when I answered. Through my sobs, I managed to get out a faint hello. Mackenzie, are you crying? He asked. I did not answer. I just continued to cry. Where are you? Are you alone? Do you need me to come over? He continued. As he was asking, asking his questions, I managed to get myself together long enough to answer. I knew having Adair come over was not a good idea. I was completely vulnerable and knew that having him there was not a wise decision. I assured Adair that I would be all right and that crying was what I needed. I needed to get this out, better out than in. Since I did not want him to come over, he offered to stay on the phone with me until I calmed down. It was so soothing to have him on the other end. Talking to Adair evoked a feeling that I had never felt with Milton. I love Milton, but I never had that feeling of total self-assuredness with him. 
I was so consumed in my conversation with Adair that I did not notice did not notice the now cold bath water that I was now sitting in. As our conversation continued, I managed to make it into the bed to wrap myself up. Several times he offered to call me back, but I did not want the conversation to end. I was good at carrying out multiple tasks, so I went about my conversation with him. Chatting with Adair took my mind off everything that I was previously overwhelmed with. Adair and I talked about my final decision with regards to the wedding, and the more we talked about it, the better I felt. I knew Jay and Kelly would have never been this understanding had I been having this conversation with them. You have to get an early start in the morning, young lady. Don't you think you should get some shut-eye? He asked. I looked at the clock. It was already 2 a.m. I agree with Adair that it was indeed time for me to call it a night and prepare for the events that were about to unfold. Wedding day. It seemed as if I had drifted off to sleep when my phone rang. It was Miss Brown. Nerves set in as I realized that this was indeed the day. I still was not feeling the excitement that a bride should feel on her wedding day. Instead, I found myself second-guessing every decision. I knew that everyone had said that they would support whatever I decided to do, but would they really? I lounged around for another 10 minutes before I got up to get ready for my hair appointment. Jay and Kelly met me at the salon. They did not ask any questions. The vibe between us was tense. I knew they wanted to ask questions, but they did not for the sake of keeping the peace. We just sat in silence as the beautician pinned my hair up and took me to sit under the dryer. While I was sitting under the dryer waiting for my hair to set, I took out a pad and began to write. I had a lot that I needed to get out of my system. Once I had everything down on paper, I called Jay over. Jay, I need you to hold on to this paper for dear life. I need for you not I need you to not open it or do anything with it until we are at the church and I say otherwise. Can you promise me that? I said to her. Jay did not ask any questions. She took the piece of paper and placed it in her purse. I knew that I could trust her to respect my wishes. Wishes. Kelly was nosy and she would have rated the second I handed it over to her. My hair was looking flawless. I could always depend on Unique to hook me up. Miss Brown stopped by and was pleasantly surprised. At first, we did not see eye to eye on the style I had chosen, but once she saw it, she was glad that I had overridden her decision. She gave me a rundown on everything that had to be done. As she rattled off the schedule, I just nodded in agreement. Jay and Kelly kept trying to force feed me some fruit, but I did not have an appetite. We all headed over to my house once I was finished at the salon. The bridal party was already the remainder of the bridal party was already there again dressed when we pulled up. My mom greeted me at the door with a big hug. She and Mama Williams looked fabulous. Mom had already brought all of my luggage to the front door. Milton and I were scheduled to leave for our honeymoon immediately after the reception. Good thing I had packed everything earlier in the week because with the stress I had been under the past two days, I surely would have forgotten something. Miss Brown did not want me to get into my dress until I got to the church. Her gift to me was a pink strapless linen dress that I was to wear over. 
As I showered and got dressed, I called Adair one last time. He did not answer his phone. I had to admit, I was a little disappointed when I heard his voicemail pick up. Just as I was about to redial his number, the lady arrived to do my makeup. Jay and Kelly had tears in their eyes as they saw me all dolled up. I was the first of us to take the big walk down the aisle. The emotion of his the the emotion of this change in my life was finally settling in with them and it showed in their expressions. The photographer was everywhere capturing all sorts of pictures. Every time I turned around, he was flashing that camera. Miss Brown looked at her watch and went storming through the house like a tornado. It was time for us to get ready to head over to the church. As Miss Brown was rounding everyone up, I knew I had to pull her to the side to tell her about a slight change I had made in our transportation plans. I knew she would not be in total agreement, but she had to respect it. After all, I was the bride. Miss Brown, let me speak, for, speak to you for a minute. She continued to direct the bridal party to the limo bus that had arrived, and the mothers were directed to the limo. We, we are on a schedule, Mackenzie. Make it quick, honey. The limo is outside waiting for you. There has been a slight change in travel arrangements, I said. Miss Brown's mouth dropped as I continued to explain to her that I had called the limo company on yesterday and requested that they send over another car just for me. I wanted those last few moments before the wedding to be spent in silence. Mackenzie... Do not come with any funny stuff. What time is that car scheduled to arrive? He needs to be here now, she continued. I assured her that he would be there short that he would be here shortly and that it was okay for her to head over to the church with the other ladies. I stood in the doorway as they all pulled out of the driveway. I tried one more time to reach Adair but still got no answer. Just as I was ending the unanswered call, I saw the car coming up the street. The driver walked to the door and helped me put my bags in the trunk. He already had the directions I had provided. I wanted to take the scenic route. As we drove around town, Miss Brown did not hesitate to blow my phone up. Mackenzie Johnson, where are you? You should have been here by now. You have 30 minutes before you are scheduled to walk down the aisle. You fail to realize that you still need to get into your dress. Miss Brown, please do not worry. Everything will be just fine. I could tell she was not buying it, but she was trying to maintain her composure. I could hear her count to 10. She was even, she was more of a nervous wreck than I was. Miss Brown, please hand Jay your cell phone and tell her that I will call her in a few minutes from my phone. I directed. As I ended the call, I could hear her relying my message to Jay. The driver glanced at me through the mirror. Are you okay, ma'am? He asked. Yes, I am fine. A little nervous, but I will be fine once we arrive at my destination. We will be there in five minutes and all your worries will be over, he responded jokingly. As we were pulling up, I thought about calling Adair one last time, but decided against it. Things happen for a reason. Maybe it was the best that he was not answering my call. As soon as we parked, I quickly jumped out and started to grab my things from the trunk. I was really pressed for time. I almost forgot about calling Jay. I took a moment to call her as I had promised. She answered on the first ring.
Where the hell are you? Everyone around here is freaking out, she demanded. Jay, now is not the time to ask a ton of questions. Do me a favor. She fell silent on the other end as I continued. That paper that I gave you earlier, I need for you to take and give it to Milton right now. I'm not going to stay I am going to stay on the phone with you until I hear you hand it over to him. Better yet, I want you to read it aloud to him. Mackenzie, what is this all about? Where are you? she demanded. Jay, just trust me and do as I say. Place the phone somewhere that it will be out of sight, but still allow me to listen in. I couldn't tell where she ended up placing the phone, but I could hear all the commotion in the church and her footsteps pounding on the church floors. I could hear as she barged into the room where the men were waiting. Milton, I need to speak to you real quick before you head down to the altar. It is very important. I could hear, it is very important, she said. I could hear Milton direct the other groomsmen out of the room. What is this all about, Jay? I am not for the foolishness today. I know Mackenzie has told you about the recent activities that have occurred over the past few days, but like I told her, there's nothing that can be done at this time. She will learn to get over it, and we will handle it after the wedding. Today is not the day to deal with it, he said in a somewhat rude tone to her. You are such a jerk, Milton. Mackenzie gave me this paper earlier today. I have no idea what what she has written. All I know is that she asked me to read it to you. She said, annoyed at his tone. I could hear silence in the room as Jay began to read the words on the paper. Dear Milton, it saddens me that as it saddens me that our relationship has boiled down to this. Today should be the happiest day of my life. This is the day that I have always dreamed of, but instead, I am consumed with so much doubt. Milton, you made such a big deal of the things of, out of things when you learned about my past. But yet, when the shoe is on the other foot, you want to disregard things if they are not important. I poured my heart out to you to clear my name and the thoughts you were tempted to form of me. But you did not offer me the same respect. As a replacement for answering my questions about your situation, situation, you shifted blame onto me. You said that I was being petty and I had no choice but to get over it and accept things as they were. Milton, I deserve so much more than this. I have a huge problem with a man who willingly neglects his responsibility. Not only have you neglected your child, but you also lied about being with your mother. When given the opportunity to clear things up, you went silent. And then when you did decide to talk, you still continued to lie. You said that you saw Desiree at the gas station and out of the blue agreed to join her and your child for dinner. Well, according to my conversation, with her and the text messages she forwarded me, you made the initial contact with her. You were the one that wanted to see what it would be like to finally be a family. It was you who was leading her to think that you were going to leave me that night you came by the house to get your clothing. That was the reason she was all in your grill at the club. 
Even after that night, you continue to give her false hope. As you once said to me, I don't even know who you are anymore. By the time Jay reads this letter, I will be sitting on a plane heading out of the country. Don't bother calling the resort we were going to stay in for our honeymoon as I have changed those plans. I spent my time yesterday not only talking to Desiree and filling in the blanks that you neglected, neglected to answer, but making changes to our travel plans. There is no need for this money to go down the drain. You have carried me through hell with your actions. I felt overwhelmed with guilt for not bringing my past to the light much sooner. But then to see your actions over the course of the past two days, I was reminded that no matter how well you know someone, they will always have skeletons in their closet. It just so happens that some secrets are just too big to be overlooked and hidden away once brought to the light. Mackenzie. P.S. I'm expecting you to have all of your things removed from my house by the time I return from a much-needed vacation in seven days. I hung up the phone once I heard Jay reach the end of the letter. I took my seat on the airplane and I put on my sunglasses. The anxiety that the anxiety the anxiety went away instantly after hearing Jay read the letter. I felt good on the inside. I knew that my decision was the right one. I did not think twice about how Milton was going to break the news to all the guests. It was not my issue to contend, to contend with. He was such a good liar, I was sure he would think of something. As I was strapped in my seatbelt, I felt a familiar hand tap me on my shoulder. I looked to see Adair smiling down at me. I beamed with joy once I saw him standing there. I had begun to get nervous and thought he had forgotten about my plans when he did not answer his phone. As he settled into his seat, he grabbed my hand and placed a gentle kiss on my wrist. I had no idea what would, what would pan out between Adair and I in the long term. I just knew that I was going to soak up the moment and take pleasure in the next seven days, seven nights that he and I had in store. At that moment, having him there felt right. And that was all that mattered. The end. Lord Jesus, we've reached the end. And oh my God, I just had to throw the book down. Milton stood up at stood up at the altar. Well, not even at the altar. Stood up on wedding day. Oh my God. I don't even fault Mackenzie. How do you feel about Mackenzie's decision? Do you feel like she was wrong? Do you feel like she should have handled it a little bit better? Do you think she should have, um, you know, addressed Milton directly? Um, Should she have told her mom and the girls what her plans were? You know, is she doing the right thing by escaping with Adair? You know, not being that she's only known him for a short period of time. You know, she can't even really say that she's known him. She's only been in his presence outside of her bachelorette party for, you know, within the last 24, 48 hours. And here she is on an airplane with this guy. So clearly we are left a big cliffhanger. Um, But in a good way. There's so many things to, you know, uncover. As we go into the next book, which I look forward to sharing with you. So the second book in the installment is seven days, seven days, seven nights. Um, 
yeah, I'm like ready to jump into that book. But I'm going to let you absorb and digest all of this greatness before we tackle the read along um, to that book. I'm, I'm shocked. Like, I really am at a loss for words. Like, I really don't. I really don't know what to say. That book was good. It really, I can honestly say, like, reading it back, I feel everything that my readers felt. All the emotion, the, the good moments, the sadness, um, the rage at some of the characters. Um, but I definitely have to say at this point, Mackenzie definitely has some die, ride or die friends. Like they hold her down and support her, um, you know, with with everything. Because clearly, um, that's a big a big challenge as a friend to kind of be the one to have to read the dear John letter to her. You know, supposed you know her soon to be husband. Like they should be getting married. But yeah, I can't wait to jump into seven days, seven nights and see what else um, comes to play. So yeah, seven days, seven nights, more skeletons revealed will be our next book that we read together. And I, I can't wait. I hope you have enjoyed the McKenzie series, the first installment. I look forward to hearing your feedback. Definitely message me. Um, and yeah, let me know your thoughts. Let me know how you enjoyed it. And I will be posting on here um, and my social media sites once I revise the book. I think that's going to be the next project. Um, not in the immediate future. I have some other projects that I need to work on. But by the end of this calendar year, so a good Christmas present. Um, thinking to re-release um this book and maybe the entire McKenzie um, series. I um, just need to really give some thought around it. But I've definitely enjoyed sharing this with you. I hope you have enjoyed the read along with me just as much as I have with you. And until we meet again to tackle the second installment in the McKenzie series, be you, be fabulous, and be amazing.